This is Grow With The Bros, hosted by Ryan and Ken Parsons, founders of the Brothers at Just Do Gutters. Welcome to another episode of Franchise Friday. We made every mistake in the book so you don't have to. Our time to evolve as business owners is now. Let's grow together. All right, welcome to Franchise Friday. And today we're going to be focusing on rethinking opportunities available to you during this time of possible unemployment or just the changing business landscape. All right, so we all know that there's a lot of uncertainty right now. And if you're like anybody else, um, you may find yourself unemployed. You may find your business as non-essential or you may find that the way you're operating is completely different than what it used to be. So it just comes down to how are we going to deal with this? What are we going to do? How are we going to think differently? And how are we going to make the most out of what's going on? Um, the biggest thing, you know, we can start off talking about Ken is a, an oversaturated job market. Any thoughts on the oversaturated job market? Uh, I think it's a great opportunity. Uh, I think it's a great opportunity for people who are uh, maybe still on unemployment even now uh, to be looking, you know, to be looking for opportunity is always out there. And I think, you know, things like this kind of shake us up a little bit to think, okay, what else, what else is out there? Especially if yeah. I'm sitting at home, you know, there's tons of things that I could be researching and doing and maybe new skills that I could be acquiring uh, and that's really where I believe there's a huge opportunity is, is right there is with skills, mm. you know, skills, you know, once you ha- acquire a skill, you know, it's yours. Nobody can take that away from you. It's true. It's good. And, you know, when you have a job, uh, you know, that can be taken away from you. Um, but, you know, this is, this is the age of where skills, I believe, and the more skills that you have, the more uh, marketable you are to this oversaturated job market. You know, because I want people on my team that have skills and that yeah. uh, have work ethic that are hungry. And, you know, we have the pick of, we have the, the pick of the litter here uh, as business owners, you know, and, and if you're looking to have a job or get off on unemployment because, you know, you want to be, you want to be uh, active doing something, then that's what I would, I would say is in this, yeah. with this change in the landscape is to, What's, what's, what's the best version of myself? How can I create more opportunity? What else can I learn? Maybe it's time to own my own business and not make, you know, you know, not work for somebody else. Um, so there's a lot of different things that we could be doing, but it really comes down to mindset. Is your mindset of doom and gloom? Yeah. Uh, or, oh my goodness, woe is me. I'm just going to sit on the couch and just roll over and, and die. Or am I going to say, you know what? There's when there's when there's when there's uh, a recession, when there's a pandemic, when there's a crisis, when there's chaos and confusion. There's always opportunity too. It really depends on how you look at the situation that you're in, and try and find uh, a way out of it. Um, it. Well, and that's it. And I, I really feel that you know business and things are changing. Um, the way people do business, the, who pe- the way people work for people. Uh, the way people run businesses. I, I think we're, even in franchising, we're going to see a lot of people that are going to turn to franchising uh, yeah. because it's a proven method that works. And yep. yeah, obviously all, all businesses aren't created equal in a pandemic. Uh, but I really thank God that we're in the gutter business during this thing. <laughs> Seriously. 
Um, you, you mentioned a huge thing called uh, mindset. And I really do think, you know, there's a lot, I know we all are familiar with um, some people that view the world, you know, glass half empty and the other people that view it glass half full. And that's, that's gigantic because I saw a quote last week and I loved it. I wrote it down, took a screenshot of it. This is from Winston Churchill. A pessimist sees the difficulty in every opportunity. An optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. I think that's awesome. I'm going to say it again so you don't have to rewind it. A pessimist sees the difficulty in every opportunity. An optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. I would imagine this is a difficulty, right? Yeah, absolutely. This is a difficulty. Um, But again, you know, it's only going to be as difficult as you make it. And that, that's it. So there's my quote. Yeah, yeah no, I, I love it. And, it, and the opportunity, I, I'd say after the first two to four weeks of navigating whatever this was and the shutdown, and I mean, I've met so many people and talked to people even that worked for us that have never been on unemployment their entire life. They've worked since the time they were 16. But I think as soon as the shock is over, it's now where is the opportunity? And no matter what you're doing or what your skill is, whether your job is essential or non-essential, or you could be a school teacher and all of a sudden you, you don't know if there's going to be school in the fall or you don't know if there are ever going to be classrooms of 30, 40 kids again. Guess what? You've already got everything you need to teach kids, but what's the next opportunity? Is this the land of homeschooling? Is this the land of people that really can't or are not equipped to homeschool their kids, but they would love to hire a private teacher or tutor? What is the new way that things are going to happen and how are you going to be at the forefront? So yes, back to the, 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 the job market is oversaturated. So how do you take your skill and just move over slightly to where you can use your same skills where it's all, all oversaturated to where there's absolutely no saturation in that new way that you can do exactly what you do? Well, I think that there's a big shift going on. I was listening to, um, a podcast, a commencement podcast that Mike Rowe did uh, because there was no commencement podcast done for people who go to school to acquire skills like at a BOCES program or a tech high school or something like that. So he did one and it just was testimonials of people that went down the path of acquiring a skill and then also also opening up their own business uh, in that skill set. So whether it was a mechanic or uh, somebody who, there was this girl, she was a welder. And she's like one of the top welders like, awesome. in the country. And, uh, you know, the, I mean, there's some, there's a shift that's going on to where, and we've been talking about this for a long time, even before this even happened, that the new, the, the new uh, white collar is going to be the, the new, the new blue collar is going to be the new white collar or something like that. You, I think you yeah. said it. Um, but, you know, we're starting to see where, you know, there is a shortage of people in this country that do not have skills. They've all gone down the whole, go to school, get good grades, get a good job, go to college, go in debt. And that is like a shackle around their ankles till the time they're in there, almost 40 years old. And a lot of them don't even get to utilize that degree in whatever it is they got it in. And uh, they're stuck in a lot of these jobs that, and they hit a ceiling really quick. Um, yeah. Uh, or they're in an oversaturated marking, uh, mark, market. Um, so, and, and, you know, that's a scary place to be. Um, so getting skills and, 
in, in, in the trades and in, in what we're doing in service. Uh, this has yep. become a, a service-based country. You know, mm -hmm. most people, they don't know how to do anything anymore. No. And the people that do know how to do fix the roof, fix the gutters, fix the appliances, fix the whatever is going wrong, the cars, the house, building it, uh, you know, all these things that go around, whatever anybody does for, for a living, don't get me wrong. I, I believe it's essential. Whatever you do for work to provide for your families, essential to anybody's. But there's this new term that's been come at or birthed out of this pandemic uh, called essential businesses. And that might be something to, to think about. What are some essential skills that I need to require that might depend on my survival or providing for my family? Uh, you know, what are some skills that I need to get? You know, instead of spending time playing on video games or whatever you do in your spare time on Netflix or whatever, what can I do to be honing skills or learning skills, learning things that can make me more marketable in this oversaturated market of unemployment? Uh, going on. So, yeah, um, yeah I Great. think it's huge. So that, that, that sparked something in me. And I, I don't know if we've done a podcast on this before, but I know we've talked about it. But um, the best advice I ever got, and it reminded me when I was in college that I, I went to school and I got a, um, I went to school for art, fine art and graphic design. And um, what I realized about halfway through college is I didn't love I didn't have to create to exist. I, I had some friends that would literally, you know, save up enough money for some paint and they literally just ditch their job and go create in the studio until they were out of money and paint and then go find a way to make that again. And that was their passion. And I realized that um, that wasn't my passion. So I remember freaking out a bit like, what am I going to do? What am I going to, what's my degree going to be in? And I was doing a work study program and the, and the guy that was ahead of that, David, he said to me, Ryan, the best thing that you could possibly do is acquire as many skills as possible because no matter what you end up doing, every skill that you have, you're going to use for that job. And what was so crazy is he was 100% right. I used every skill in your business when, before I was a partner. I used my graphic design. I used my web stuff. I used my communication stuff. Every skill. So skills are huge. It's really important to have have skills. And I love that advice. And I would, I would wholeheartedly tell you guys to go acquire skills out there. So any other thoughts on that? The one thing I was thinking like that's really sticking out to me and I, I just really feel like there's going to be a shift and that people that never intended to be business owners are going to end up being business owners soon. And it's not necessarily by their choice, their choice, but I already know two or three people that had buildings and companies that are not going back, that they decided to give up the lease and they're going to be working from home and their, and their workforce is going to be working from home. And I believe that 1099 is going to be the new W-2. People that used to have a job and a paycheck and their taxes taken out versus somebody who's now say, you know what, your position, I'm 1099ing it. And they become basically a business owner um, overnight. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, we see that happening. We see that happening even in our business before this, um, where you have a lot of, especially it's very popular down here in the Southern states where a lot of people are subcontracted out um, that have skills. Um, um, so 
I, I think that with this landscape, the landscaping that it is, that you're going to see a lot more of that. Uh, businesses are going to be moving toward more of a leaner, meaner type of uh, style of doing business with less uh, exposure and overhead uh, and uh, putting it off on, you know, instead of having these, um, I think, I think we're going to see a shift from being a, the corporate business model to a business model that really uh, is going to require people who didn't have to have skin in the game is going to have to have skin in the game now mm -hmm. uh, in order to make it in this new economy. I really feel that that's a shift that's been coming and it's going to happen even more uh, because, you know, in the corporate business model, there's a lot of work, uh, uh, not a lot of work, a lot of overhead um, yep. and a lot of risk. And, um, you know, and that old business model really isn't the future. And that's why I like franchising because franchising really fits even more so into this, uh, what's what's coming even more because where can I get a business that looks like a multi-million dollar business right out of the gate that uh, I only I, I need a, a 680 credit score better and thirty thousand dollars liquid in the bank and you know I could be spending you know my initial investment is between a hundred and a hundred and fifty thousand mm. you know and that's what you're typically looking at for the average home-based service brand out there uh, is what you're looking at. Uh, and that's what you're looking at for a brother's gutters franchise too. So, you know, for, for me to be able to, that, that, that qualifies a lot of the people that are on unemployment right now. Uh, a lot of people who are thinking about going into a business, why wouldn't you invest in the most successful strategy of doing business and franchising? I mean, this is a great time, uh, to be franchising, uh, because people, when bad things happen, they look, uh, to control their destiny and what better way to control your destiny than to do something like this. So yeah, right now, a lot of people are unemployed and they're, and they are inquiring about franchises. They're thinking about starting their own businesses. I know my brother-in-law is going to go for it. He wants to start his own business. He's been thinking about it forever and he's finally going to take this opportunity. But right on the other hand of this is small businesses have felt the most impact from the shutdown. So, I mean, it's kind of hard. I know with, with gutters, it's one thing because we have definitely not felt that, um, that shut down and we were, de um, you know, not unaffected, but we were able to continue to work and be considered essential in, in most circumstances. But what do we tell, what do people do that are right in that, those crosshairs? It's mm. not safer. It's not, I mean, owning your own business, I, I, let's maybe just demystify that a bit. It's a lot of work. You are master of your own destiny and you're your own boss and all those little sayings. But man, oh man, if, if you don't have the right mindset, it is not for everybody. Well, I think the, I think the way things are happening and going right now is that, you know, the hard, people that do learn how to work hard and, and it, 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 hard work always pays off. Um, and I think putting yourself in a position where if you are that person and you are a hard worker, then you're going to work hard no matter what, whether you're working for somebody else or whether you're working for yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, the bottom line is, is you got to define that for yourself and, and why uh, you would want to go into your own business, you know, and you know, that's something that you need, may, need to sit down and just write it down. What are the pros? What are the cons? What are the yeah. pros and the cons? If I stick doing what I'm doing right now, what are the pros and cons? What the one thing is that's cool about franchising is that a lot of those cons can be taken care of and answered up front. 
Yeah, for sure. You're not going out and going it alone as a self-employed person, like starting your own mom and pop shop, doing whatever, uh, and having to figure it out and fail, fail forward. Like Ryan and I had to for like 10, 15 years of our, of first being in business. Um, you know, you're, you're getting a head start. You're able to stand on like my, sh- imagine being able to stand on my shoulders and Ryan's shoulders. You'll be able to say, see so much further than, you know, I had nobody's shoulders to stand on when I first started this business 21 years ago. So, you know, I, I didn't have that advantage and that's the advantage of not just starting with the franchise strategy, but also a franch- a true franchise is going to have a support system in place not that's just in manuals and things of that nature, but they're going to have a team that's also going to be their real people that are uh, invested in your success. Because the bottom line is what's great about it is that if you're not successful, guess what? It's a reflection of that brand and that franchise system. And there's nobody on the planet that's going to be want, wanting to be, to help you more than, than that. You know, yeah. so that's, what's cool about that. And I think it's a great opportunity for people. Uh, you know, you're going to work hard no matter what, but yeah. you, if you're going to work hard, invest in something that you know is going to be a high return on the time and investment of money that you're going to put into it. Yeah. Cause hard work is not the only formula. It is definitely, I would say that's the most valuable thing that you can have is being a hard worker. But what's crazy is Ken and I were both hard workers, but we spent years working on the wrong things. You know, like we were just banging our head against the wall, but we work it out. And what's cool about a franchise opportunity is if you've got somebody who's figured that out, um, who's already seen the opportunity, sees it, worked out the kinks. And now you just, you know, implement your hard work ethic with what they have figured out around the opportunity. Um, And now you don't have to reinvent the wheel which is awesome. So I was just talking about um, my brother-in-law earlier who's, who's ready to start his own business. And he's obviously been coming to me and asking me questions. And I've taken for granted so much that we already have in place. Things that I assume that somebody might consider or think of. And when he asks me a question such as like, you know, um, what should I use for accounting? I'm like, oh yeah, QuickBooks. And then I go, oh wait, but what are you using for software? And I said, well, our uh, he told me the name of it. And I'm like, well, does that integrate with QuickBooks? Oh, I don't know. I'm like, oh, you need to make sure it has an open API. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, all the stuff that it's taken me years that I can spout out in three sentences, he's got that whole hard road ahead of him that he's got to figure out the accounting software, the piece of um, uh, software that he's going to use only to maybe find out in six months or a year that it's, holy crap, now I got to use double entry. I got to switch. And it started to come back to me of like, oh my gosh, to start something from the ground up. Huh? What kind of business? Uh, Landscape lighting. You know, it's great. It's a great business. He's got great ideas for it. But the little minutia, the stuff that's, you know, doing the work is always the easy part. You know, everyone's pretty much an expert at what they start out to do. But all the business stuff. Maybe he should go uh, buy a, a, a landscape franchise lighting company if there is such a thing. Maybe. I mean, but at the, at the, yeah, I mean, at the same time, I just, I just appreciate so much what an existing business has already done and gone through that you can't really get, you know, I don't care how much research you do. It just takes time. It takes trial and error. 
to figure out this stuff. But when you have a mentor, and like you said, standing on our shoulders, while we're not that tall, but even standing on our shoulders, um, you know, will help you see further into the future. Well, but that's what yeah, franchising huge. does, right? You know, franchising, it really helps people. When you're sitting where people, a lot of people are sitting right now, it, 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 they're sitting in this, their, their view of, of the future is very uncertain. Yeah. And when you look across the field of uncertainty, there's a lot of things that can blow up in your face. You know, when are they going to call us back to work? Or maybe I lost my job and I got laid off. Or what if I go into my own business? What's that look like? And what's that, what's that look like navigating that minefield? And, and that's what people like Ryan and I love about franchising is that you don't have to go across that minefield that's in front of you to get to the other side of it, which is the happy happy place, you know, because you, you didn't have to worry about all these things that could blow up in your face, making that decision that's going to decide your future yeah. and your family's future. But you can have people that go arm in arm across that thing and say, don't step there. Yeah. That's not a good spot to step or that software is no good over there, but use this one because it has an open API or, hey, you should hire this person in your team because you know, you know, you need to be focusing on this part of your business instead of this part of your business. You know, uh, those are just some of the small little things what end up being exponentially big uh, to the success that you're going to have or not have in your business. Because that's typically what I see is that people who are doing it and going it alone, they, they, they have certain skill sets and certain strengths. All of us do. You, it is impossible to have strengths in every single area that you need to be successful. Yeah. In a and you have to do it with a team. And if you want to have a business that's long lasting, sustaining, and low risk, then you want to have a lot of people helping you support you to be successful. And if you don't have that, it's going to be very, very difficult. Being self-employed can definitely represent being stuck and stressed out for a lot, a lot of people. And a lot of people are going through that even more so during this time. Imagine being able to face something like this with a team of people that are putting their brains together and their skill sets and their strengths to be able to get you and navigate you across that minefield so that you don't have all these things exploding in your face and jeopardizing all the hard work and that you put into the into yeah. it uh, to begin with. Yeah. And owning a business, um, it can be freedom, but it's also, it's a huge illusion of freedom. There's a lot of people I know that, you know, are self-employed that they're like, oh, I can do whatever I want. I'm like, well, then why don't you? They're working more hours than people that have a nine to five. They have more restrictions. They can't take a weekend off or a week off. I mean, people that have jobs, they, don't, they typically can take a week or two or off and not have people calling and blowing up their phone. Most people have one boss. As soon as you're self-employed, every single client now becomes your boss. So there is a little bit of a, I don't know if it's a disillusion, illusion, whatever you want to call it, but the freedom can be there. But what you said was huge, Ken. You have to have a team. If you're going to go out on your own, like a 1099 employee is not a business owner. If they basically only work for one company and they get their paycheck, but they're just, you know, there's a different tax status, but owning a business and truly building something takes people all the time. Absolutely. So without, without, you know, many hands make the workload light. Yeah. Rising tides raise all ships, <laughs> you know, what, uh, more brains, the better. 
you know, there's no I in team. You know, all these different quotes that I could spout out, it's true. It's, it's any, anybody that's been on a, a sport or participated in sports or a team, you know, you, you, there's a feeling when everybody is clicking and everybody's strengths are being utilized to be able to move into, in the same forward motion to the same goal, the same mission, and, and that, that, that is going in the same direction. When you have a team of people that are playing to their strengths, it makes business so much more enjoyable. And oh, true. this is the most enjoyable. I mean, I tell you, business gets more enjoyable every year that we are in it. Because yep. not only are we having success, but all the people that we're, uh, we're uh, uh, hiring and, and the people that we're bringing onto our team, uh, they all have different skill sets. And <laughs> a lot of those people are way smarter than Ryan and I. And, uh, and that's, and that's it. You know, that's, you know, I can't have a passion about marketing. I can't have a passion about picking up the phone and answering it with a nice smile on my face and being happy, even when a customer might not be so happy on the other end, uh, and diffusing that situation or going out and doing sales or, you know, wearing all those hats gets very tiring. Um, but when you do it with a team of people that is passionate about every aspect that makes up a business, Hmm. man, it's so much more enjoyable. And not only that, you know, everybody is hitting their goals and achieving greatness. And uh, that's fun to watch is, is seeing that as well, that you're oh, building something that is long lasting, that's economically st- stimulating uh, the economy and the local markets, creating jobs and seeing other people fulfill uh, their personal goals is just, there's nothing better than that. No, I hear you. So I had one kind of like, uh, thought that I'm, I'm thinking about right now about, you know, there's a lot of people, you know, that work for somebody and one day they're fully employed. The next day they're told that they're laid off and th- this is this pandemic situation. And while a lot of people might be coming back to work, they still have that uncertainty of like, well, what if all of a sudden in the fall, the government says, okay, back to um, you know, shelter in place, like they might feel this yo-yo effect of what is their future life going to be? Um, and I just, I had a thought about that. I was just thinking like, how do you essential proof yourself? If you were laid off, what have you done to make it that you can do your job anywhere or that you can then, you know, go or, or do something? I'm not sure if that's, possible in every situation, but I would say rather than, you know, if, if business ownership or buying a franchise is not in your future, how do you make yourself ready that if all of a sudden in three months, they're like, okay, lockdown, everybody, you're laid off again. Like what, what have you done between now and that time that's going to make you more valuable if this ever happens again? Any other thoughts on that? It's gotta be scary. Yeah, it's scary because, you know, it's, again, it, it comes down to, you know, what are your skill sets? You know, what if the economy changes so much and that happens like what you just painted a picture of? What if this reoccurs again in the fall? And what if, what if it's even worse? Uh, what if we can't even go to the supermarket? You know, what did you start doing back in spring when this first happened? Did you plant a garden? Yep, I did. <laughs> you did? Oh yeah. You know, did you did you did you do some projects around the house that were going to ha- help you to be more uh, sustainable or self sufficient? Yep. Um, you know, there's tons of things that 
that people could be doing and utilizing their time. And maybe that's why the Home Depot lines are so long because everybody's planting gardens. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but, you know, there's things that we could all be busy about doing and looking at our life, wherever it is, what can I do to, you know, what if, what if it comes down to training and bartering, you know, cause you know, something happens. You need skills. You know, there, there's all these things that can happen, you know, but uh, the bottom line is, is, you know, what, what is it that I uh, can do about it? Uh, what can I do to prepare uh, ahead of time? One of the seven habits, we just did a podcast on the seven habits of the highly effective people by Stephen Covey. And uh, what can I do to be proactive? Uh, you know, putting yourself in a position where you're reactive or don't have a plan B, C, or D mm -hmm. uh, can put you at risk too. So yeah. that's why I think uh, educating yourself, working yourself personally, uh, becoming a better version of yourself in whatever things that you can deem is uh, going to be uh, that are essential yeah. um, and that are important, uh, that are important for, you know, providing for yourself, for your family, um, and asking yourself those questions and, and, and then go ahead and, and try and grab a hold and learn those things. Yeah. I, I like that. That's so good. And I think no matter what business you're in, if you were laid off, like, look, like just look at who wasn't. So look at the business that you're part of and look at it. If they laid everyone off, did they keep a few people on who in that organization was so valuable that they were the first ones back or they worked part-time or they worked one day a week just to kind of navigate it. Who were those people? If you're not one of them, it's not because they don't like you or the world's against you. It's because maybe your skills um, aren't the top that they need them or you weren't the, the number one person they need to keep. So look, rather than looking at it in a negative, look at it in a positive. How do I make myself that I, 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 I will not be on the chopping block, that they'll do whatever they can to keep me as long as they can. And I know for certain industries, it's, it's impossible. If you're a massage therapist through this, that there's something a little bit different. But there are situations where people went down to half staff immediately. They laid off everybody except for X. How do you get yourself into the fold or position yourself? Um, kind of like, you know, Ken and I, when we went through the recession, we, we were not, we watched everybody who was financially successful in the recession, take advantage of the recession and without sounding like a jerk, when people were foreclosing on homes, there were people that were buying them for pennies on the dollar. These $900,000 homes, the guys with money were buying for 300,000 cash. And I swore to myself that the next time that there is an economic downturn, I want to spend the time where we couldn't till the next time to position myself that if there is a good deal on a piece of property that I could scoop it up because I'm ready for it. And I believe if we look at our job, our career, the same exact way, if you find yourself where you're like, I am screwed. If I don't go back to work or, you know, the government needs to take care of me. I mean, if that's where you're at, then you are not prepared. But guess what? You will have a time to recover and prepare for the next time. And that is your job. Don't get fooled twice. Don't be in a position twice if this happens again. Position yourself so that you, you know, can not, not only just survive something like this, but thrive. There are people thriving everywhere. Look at the stores. Look at some of like Lowe's and Amazon and some retailers and some people have thrived 
through this because of the new need. And the bottom line is, is that the, uh, the systems that are in place uh, in the world uh, are not there to, 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 they're there for us to take advantage of and to learn and to utilize and leverage those things uh, for ourselves. And uh, if you're just sitting there waiting around for somebody to give you a handout, I'm telling you, that's, that's not a good game plan because that, that handout may not always going to be there. And, you know, you may have been uh, in there. I see, we all probably see people who take advantage of uh, the system that's there and been put in place. But I'm telling you, that is going to, that, that sail is, that ship is going to sail. That is not a bottomless pit of just printing money. And, you know, if you're that person, it's not going to end well for you. No. Uh, it's not, it's not, uh, it, it's not, it's a dead end. It's a dead end. And it's, it's, uh, it's not a good mindset to have. Uh, the, only, the best plan and the best plan that you can have for your future is to grab a whole of it yourself because the only one that's going to provide for you and if you have family members is you, is you. Bottom line, it's not going to be your mom and dad or your brother or your sister or big brother. Uh, it's, it's you. You have to do something with, with it. And, um, you know, and that requires some effort and work, but you'll always benefit from becoming a better version of yourself uh, by learning more as much as you possibly can learn. Yeah, that's so good. So I think we've covered, I mean, you know, I think we, we kind of covered it. A lot of what we wanted to cover today, we wanted to talk about if you're employed and you find yourself feeling scared or not knowing where to go to take advantage of that opportunity, what is the opportunity in front of you? While it might seem um, very scary right now, there is opportunity. We also talked a lot about owning your own business. Um, we talked a little bit about franchising and why we think that's great. So I kind of just want to talk a little bit more about franchising and, and some of the opportunities there. And I know that, um, I mean, anybody who's been following us for a little bit knows that we almost lost our business in the first recession. <clears throat> and, and we shouldn't have. We shouldn't have, but we weren't positioned properly. When, when the recession hit, we just didn't have a good game plan. We were, we were so involved in new construction, which was the, the first hit part of it, that we weren't even ready for it. But if there's another recession that comes, we are completely ready for it. And um, I don't think it's going to necessarily affect us the same way. Um, but let's just talk about maybe some of the benefits of um, either franchising or recession-proof industries. What should somebody be looking for um, in a business? or especially even why the gutter business? Well, the first thing I think somebody has to answer for themselves is why would I want to go into business, first of all, and really uh, determine it, you know, what is it that I'm doing now and why do I want to go in this direction? And then once you make that determination, there's a lot of things to consider. Certainly, it, it, am I going into something that I can be passionate about? So having, having passion about what you're doing is really going to be a huge uh, difference maker in, in the success of the business. Uh, secondly, is what I'm providing a need or a want? Mm. Uh, I, I think that's even more relevant even today, especially with this term essential businesses throwing out there. Is it a, it is a, is it a need or a want? Do people, um, you know, it, it, you know, when, when somebody calls, calls us to do gutters on their house, uh, gutters happen to people. People don't wake up 
one morning and say, oh, hey, honey, what do you think? Maybe we should get some new gutters this week. Let's yeah. research it for a few months and, yeah. and build a, a, a thing on house. Yeah. yeah. It's not like uh, remodeling your bathroom or kitchen or putting a pool in the backyard where, you know, this is cool. It's exciting. We want it. You know, uh, gutters are needed because they protect your home and they keep, you know, mold and critters and varmints and, you know, water getting into places where you don't want it to. And, you know, when that fails, uh, that can create some serious problems to your home, which is what you live in. So, uh, you know, when it comes to our business, I think, uh, you know, that's what I love about it. It's, it's, it is a need. Um, and it is essential. Um, we're passionate about business. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it's, it's something that, um, doesn't take a, a, you know, a lot to train people in and how to do it. And, uh, and certainly, um, learning the business aspect of things, which is cool about what I think that we've created here at call it brothers university, (laughs) business school, uh, for, for gutters, uh, pretty much is what we've created over the last, uh, 21 years. Um, you know, we have a whole program of, uh, personal development, leadership development, entrepreneurial development, uh, financial development, (laughs) marketing, uh, you know, all these things, uh, training and developing your own employees and stuff. I mean, we, we have developed all these systems around all these things. And it's basically, you know, instead of going to college and spending a hundred, 150 grand on, 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 on uh, four years of college or even more in some cases, depending on what kind of thing you're studying. I mean, you can come to Brothers Gutters University for less than that. And when you open, you're already getting money back because you're doing work. And it, your return on investment starts from day one of your launch. I mean, how much better of a, a degree can you get where you, you come out of the deal right away and you're already starting to make money, you know, a month or two after you've signed, you know, off on your credits for the semester. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. But, you know, that's the kind of uh, thing that I think, uh, you know, um, is important to uh, – uh, the questions that you need to ask is, you know, Great. those, those are, I guess that's it. <laughs> no, that's awesome. And I, I, I think what's really cool about that is there's, there's needs and there's wants like people need a place to live, but people might want a new house. So there's times where the wants, you know, disappear and new construction goes away, but then people need to keep up with what they have. So while you might not see a lot of new construction where you're just throwing up gutters on new houses, um, you're seeing people that are taking care of what they have. Um, And you might not see as many gutter guard installs because people don't necessarily want to spend, I would love to have it, you know, but I I can go clean it myself or I'm going to hire somebody for a few hundred dollars instead of spending a thousand. So you you do see some nuances within the business, but what's really cool is it's not a fad. It's not a trend. It's not going away. It's not the newest craze that everyone's jumping on like fidget spinners. And then, you know, it's a million dollar business today and it's gone tomorrow. It's, it's really cool. And I, I mean, if you're listening to this and you're in the gutter industry, um, you know, there's so much opportunity here, but it takes a long time. It takes a lot of money and marketing. When we hit the recession, we had a, a stupid name for a, a company and we were so embedded in new construction, nobody knew who we were. That was our biggest 
failure because as soon as the builder stopped paying us and didn't have work, we had nothing. But in order to get in front of the homeowner market, I, I, can't, even, I can't even stress or bring up the pain and how long it took. It took us rebranding our name a couple times, coming up with multiple logos. It took us spending hundreds of thousands of dollars in marketing and Google AdWords and just figuring out how to win at this game. It was so much work to now position ourselves where we are becoming a household name, uh, especially in some of the areas that we service. And eventually, nationally, you know, that's our goal is to become a household name. So the amount of work that is going up front to further recession proof ourselves um, and this business and anybody who's taking it on this opportunity is, is insane. Yeah. And the other thing too, that goes along with investing in a business is the business that you're invested in. Is it a price driven business or is it a value based business? Um, you know, a value based business is going to be a lot more, in my opinion, enjoyable to run uh, when you're in the price game. Uh, you know, the money's coming in as fast as it's going out. I don't care what level you're running your business. Um, and it's a, it's, it's a, it's a volume based thing. And especially in the service business, yeah, you know, that game can be played when it comes to products. You know, you look at uh, stores like Amazon or Walmart that have run uh, successful business models on it, but that's because they have access to millions of different products, you yeah. know, in a service based business, being in the value in the value based game as opposed to the uh, price based game, you know I see tons of guys that go in in the price game and they end up selling, you know basically they have nothing to sell. It's their truck and their machine and their tools, you know because they haven't really built anything of value. Yeah. And 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 be investing in something that has value, especially long term, as you get older, you have something that you can. Uh, that's worth something that you can sell. Uh, and that's something I think a lot of people don't think about too, is another thing that you have to think about when you're investing in a business, what kind of business am I investing in and long-term down the road, what's my exit strategy? You know, yeah. can I turn around and, t and sell this thing um, for uh, f and have an exit strategy? Can I sell it for three, 400, $500,000? Or is it just going to be worth the price of, taking over the note on my truck and my machine uh, using the gutter business as an example. Um, but you can use that example or that uh, analogy for any type of business that you'd be looking at because, you know, at the end of the day, um, if I'm going to put hard work and stuff into it, I want to create income. Uh, I want to get paid a salary. I want to get paid dividends out of the net, net or the profit of that business for the life of the business that I own it. But then at the end of it, what can I sell that thing for? And if there aren't systems in place, if there isn't a brand behind that thing, if there isn't marketing and stuff that's happening, you know, it's really not going to be worth a heck of a lot. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but when you invest in something like that, how cool would it be to have uh, an investment of a hundred to 150 grand, but in five to 10 years when you decide, or if you decide to exit or even later than that, you're able to sell it for a million dollars or $500,000. I mean, talk about, and still being able to pay yourself uh, through that whole time period that you own it uh, mm. and build something that is sellable. Uh, yeah. You know, that's super important too. A great book uh, uh, on that too is called Built to Sell by, uh, I think it's Mark Buckingham, right? Mark I don't remember the author, but I remember the book. Yeah. So, you know, 
is what I'm investing on going to yeah. give me uh, a return on my investment, not just for my uh, providing for my, myself and my family, but also an exit for, for later on. Yeah. And that's it. And you hit it right in the head with that built to sell. I don't care what business you're in, self-employed, you're, I don't, plumbing, marketing, chiropractor, doesn't matter what you are, or what you do. You need to run your business now as if you're going to sell it. That's the most successful way to think about your business. I don't care if you're a hairstylist, just literally, if I was going to sell this business, would somebody buy it? And one of the, you know, one of the things that I remember big time is, is basically came down to if you're the owner of a business and you're selling more than 25% of the work that gets done. So if I own a gutter company and I forget it, if I'm installing, selling and wearing all the hats, it's not worth anything. Um, but if I'm like, they have all these like things that, you know, here's your test. Is your business sellable, saleable, whatever the word is. So basically if you're, you want to basically have something that somebody else would buy. And we have done that with franchising that after you get out of the startup mode, you know, one or two years, like, and you literally have multiple salespeople, multiple crews, back office admin, the, the, the whole franchise support, your business is worth something because it can run without you. And it all comes down to your business is only as good as what it can do without you. So if you're in it, if you're integral to sales, if you're integral to production or some sort of management, then your business is worth less. Not It's worthless. It's worth less than if you had less roles. So the more you replace yourself in business, and that's exactly what we've put together. We've developed national deals. We have software that makes it easy. We have training programs and coaching and support. We literally can tell each franchisee when they should be hiring an admin, a salesperson, another crew, how to do all those steps so that eventually their business can run with minimal effort to no effort from them. So that's kind of our goal for our business. And that's my goal for anybody. Anybody who says, I'm going to go start a business. My immediate thought is like, well, why? Like you said, Ken, why? And what does it look like in 10 years? And if they're like, you know, I just want to, you know, go to work every day. It's like, oh, you might just want to work for someone then. I, I, I don't think that anybody really, if they really think about why they would go into business, would say, because I want to go to work every day. Um, I think one of the things that people want uh, and everybody craves is freedom. Mm -hmm. People want freedom <clears throat> and freedom, freedom takes uh, money and it takes time. Those are the two things that you need to have freedom. And if you're going into your own business and you just want to do it because you want to work every day, you're not going to have any freedom. You're not going to have any time. Uh, you might have some money. Um, and a lot of people I know that do that still don't make, uh, make a lot of money doing that. And I've been there, done that. I know what it's like. Um, so that's another important thing uh, to ask yourself is, you know, every business, I don't care what it is, you, there, there's a startup phase. Yep. Most people never get out of startup phase. And the reason why they don't get out of startup phase is because they're missing a, a team or they're missing a brand or all the things that we've discussed, they're missing components or a lot of the components that we've talked about uh, in this podcast today uh, and in even past podcasts. There's a lot of components to having a successful business and to get it out of startup. That's why most businesses fail. And that's why most people, I think, because of the uncertainty of going into business and the lack of education that they have 
when it goes into the uh, having enough business acumen to be successful in business yeah. is the reason why businesses do fail and have a high failure rate. Because I think one thing that we're doing as a side note in this country is we're doing most people a disservice by not educating them on how to have successful businesses to begin with. Yep. That's why I think franchising fills that void and that gap is franchising is basically college for people who want to go to, to, to business school. Yeah. You want to go to business school, don't go to college, open a franchise. I just want to kind of piggyback on what you were saying is I think back to if this pandemic and this COVID-19 happened to us in like 2010 or 11 or forget it, you know, if it happened in 2003 or four when we were just literally figuring out the business in general, we would have been dead in the water. I don't think we could have survived it. But what's so cool is because Ken and I have successfully replaced ourselves and we get to work on the business um, rather than in it. We were able to help not only the franchise organization, but all of our franchisees navigate this. We were on the front edge of the information. We were on the front edge of all the paperwork, the PPP, the disaster relief, uh, the regulations. And, and what was so cool is we mobilized our workforce a few years ago because, you know, obviously if we're going to, we, we uh, well, not obvious to everyone listening, but we answer every single phone call for our franchisees. Every single call comes into a contact center. We schedule every estimate and every install. So obviously, like, let's just say a big snowstorm comes to New York. We need to have a backup plan. I still need to be able to answer the phone for our Georgia franchise or San Antonio. Not everybody's going to be in a snowstorm. So we had the technology in place. We were able to literally on a Friday afternoon, by, by Saturday, everybody that answers the phone was set up with a computer and at their home. So we were able to not miss a beat. We were able to be on the front edge of uh, wearing personal protection. We were able to get a, a message up on our website immediately. A lot of people don't even know who designed their website, get it, let alone getting a message up to their thing. So I just couldn't be happier with how we were able to handle it as a franchise how we were able to help our franchisees navigate it and come out, not only just come out of it, but come out of it, I would say on top, ahead of goal, thriving. It's really crazy. Yeah, and one of the things that we uh, did very, uh, very well too, and we've learned over the years too, is that, you know, we've heard this saying, probably a lot of us heard this saying, you know, put a little money away for the rainy day, uh, you know, and that's building a reserve and teaching people how to do that, teaching people how to, you know, in, in business and personal, I believe they both are interwoven and intertwined together. And that's another thing, you know, we're teaching people how to be fiscally responsible. You oh, know, yeah. they're not only uh, getting their return on their investment for what they've invested in the business, but they're also at the same time building up a reserve is what we call it. And they're building that reserve a little bit over time. That way, when something like this happens and you get shut down, like we were in New York and Pennsylvania and Jimmy Olang, one of our franchisees had a boatload of money sitting in his reserve and he opened back up in May and it was like, okay, you know, okay. Winter happened this year in April, <laughs> since it didn't happen in January, February, and March, it happened in April and good thing we built our reserve. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, those are the kinds of things that um, you're going to get uh, a head start on. Uh, and, and back to what I was saying earlier, you know, most people don't make it out of startup. Yeah. Uh, where people, I think, uh, get to, to freedom um, 
is really when they get out of startup and start to become in their business. And I don't care what business it is. It all can be done. You could get to a place where you become semi-passive uh, because you're starting to share the mantle of leadership with a bunch of other people that have risen up through the ranks in your company that have the same hunger and passion that you did when you first started your business. And now that, that vision, they've grabbed a hold of it and they're loyal to the brand, they're loyal to the team. And now you have all these people that are rising up in all these departments that you've now created of opportunity in your business to become semi-passive. And how cool would it be to not even blink and be able to take, uh, we just came off of a, a, a holiday weekend and be able to go up to your house on the lake or to go visit some relatives that you haven't seen or whatever, or, you know, when the business gets even bigger than that, and it keeps growing as a result of all the opportunity that you're created because you're able to work on your business and not in it because you put the tool belt down. You're yep. able to be, grow your business to where now you're working maybe 10 or 15 hours a week on it. And that thing, you could go away for a month or two at a time, you know, and that really was a reality for me. Uh, twice it's happened to me in business twice. My wife and my kids got in a really bad car wreck and I was at the hospital for seven weeks. My wife was in bad shape. Um, you know, my business kept running and it was still profitable without me being there. Their gutters were still going up. Gutter sales were still going on. Marketing was still happening. Calls were still being answered. Uh, all those things were still moving forward, even though I wasn't there. The second time was 2017 when my son Brogan uh, contract, contracted encephalitis from a tick bite. And uh, I, was, I was out of work from September 18th all the way to pretty much January 1st. You know, I don't know, any, I don't know too many people out there that can walk away from their businesses for that long, let alone in the, in the gutter business. Uh, but our business was still profitable, kept going. There was a reserve being reserved there in the bank. There was people that were able to pick up where I couldn't, uh, couldn't do. And, you know, it was, you know, how awesome, how proud can you be of a, a business that enables you not only to give you freedom to enjoy the good times of life, but you know what? Life happens to all of us. And is our business going to be able to take care of us during the good and the bad? That's it. And that's it. And I believe it's just a race to get your business to that point where you can exit for two, three months, or if there is an emergency or a vacation. I mean, most people can't even take in a vacation that own their own business without shutting it all down. It's not that they can't take one. They just don't make any income uh, when they're on it. So that's the goal. I believe, you know, the brothers that just do gutters, this franchise helps you uh, get to that goal. And just like Ken said, franchise or going out on your own, there's a startup phase. You know, don't get me wrong. The people that buy a Brothers at Just Do Gutters franchise, they work their tail off in the beginning in, to get it off the ground, to build their team, to learn all the systems, to implement them. Um, just because you're buying a franchise or a Brothers Gutters franchise doesn't mean that you just pay the money and then, you know, it's not like buying a, it's not like insider trading where you got, you know, a good bead on some stock and you just have to throw money at it and it grows. It, you need to nurture it. Um, you know, I, you know, a lot of people say franchises are turnkey, but you got to turn that key every day. Uh, the difference of our franchise and they're not all equal. Not all franchises are the same exact opportunity. Um, this is designed so that you can get out of the hourglass. 
Um, and the, and the quicker you can build your business and follow the system, the quicker you're going to find yourself on the other side of it. This is, this is a vehicle that Ryan and I have chosen to use, uh, to bring a product and service to, uh, to the country. Um, this is our vehicle, but you know, brothers, brothers gutters is a lot more than just gutters. You know, Mm -hmm. it's about developing people, creating opportunities for others, partnering up with other people that have the same vision for their community and their, uh, the, the people in their community to provide economic uh, stimulation, to provide jobs, careers for people, uh, help people to become a better version of themselves. And we would help do that and really make a difference in people's lives. You know, the products and services are just a, you know, a byproduct of all the uh, lives that we're changing by helping people just become a better version of themselves too. And uh, yeah, gutters happens to be the model, but really making a difference in people's lives is really what it's all about. It's like so crazy because I, I, it sounds like stupid to say, but I, I forget that we do gutters. Like when I meet somebody and they're like, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, you know, we own a, a gutter business. They immediately think like that, okay, I must be on the roof cleaning gutters, which yeah, we used to do that, but it's been so it's been so much more developed. There's marketing, there's business, there's coaching, there's mentorship. There's all these cool things that we do on a daily basis that like, yeah, oh yeah, we actually do gutters. We're a marketing team, we're a technology company, we're, you know, all of that stuff. Um, so if you get caught up and, you know, if you're thinking about a gutter franchise, you're thinking about a yogurt franchise, you might hate yogurt. It doesn't mean that it might not be a great business model for you. It might be a, the, the freedom or the, the, the plan that you need for your family. So don't always get caught up in, I can't picture doing gutters or pouring yogurt or selling widgets. It's not about that. Think about, it's a vehicle. Just like Ken said, this, this gutter vehicle that we discovered, it found us, we found it, however you want to think about it, it became a vehicle for us to accomplish not only our dreams, but to help people around us accomplish their dreams. So whether you're on the marketing team or you're answering the phones or you're installing the gutters or selling the gutters, there's so much opportunity wrapped up in this business and all businesses that's beyond their product. Thanks for joining us and we hope you implement at least one or two nuggets from this episode that will give you the confidence to grow. Subscribe to our podcast to stay updated and grow with the bros.